Fancy a throwback? Well, on this week's episode of Trackback, I've got somebody that all of us, uh, well, the 90s kids and the 2000s kids probably will remember. Well, no, anyone will probably remember this guy because he was such a hit on the BBC3 show Bad Education that we will never forget his character and some of the amazing memories that um, the character of Remdog in Bad Education gave us um, from its amazing run on BBC3. I'm joined by Jack Binstead, of course, who played Remdog. Now, Jack tells the incredible behind-the-scenes stories of um, the making of Bad Education, the development of the character of Remdog, including his amazing uh, highlights of when he went through his emo phase and also when he got chained to the school gates. His uh, relationships with Jack Whitehall and Charlie Wernham came up in the episode. Uh, it was great to chat to him. I, w- I was a big fan of bad education myself, so it was great to talk to Jack about um, his highlights on the show and really having that reminiscent. Um, if you're a bad education fan, then get in touch with us at trackbadpodcast.yahoo.com um, and put your feelings about the series on our Instagram page at trackbadpod. Tell us what you thought, guys. Here's Jack Binstead. I feel like my childhood is coming full swing right now because I am joined by a man who, as a child actor, made my childhood. I'm joined by Jack Binstead, TikTok star, and he played one of my favourite characters of the legendary BBC show, Bad Education. Jack, it's a pleasure to have you on the Weekly Crack Mac. How are you, man? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um... Oh, mate, it's, it's an absolute honour. Yeah, thank you, thank you. So, um... Before we go into your TikTok, because this is the TikTok trek, I'll be remiss to uh, not ask you a few questions about bad education. So, Jack, cool. I mean, as a, as a young actor, um, you know, starting out on bad education, I mean, what was it like, you know, on your first day of set? I mean, you, you're you just being casted as Remdog. So what was it like that very first day in front of all those other actors, Jack Whitehall and, and, and the rest of them? What was it like for you? Yeah, I think, I, I, you know, I was quite young. I was 15 um, when I was actually 12 when I auditioned, uh, 12 or 13. So I was really young. It took a long time to actually get the show um, show going and, and sort of have the right cast members, you know, a few of the people that you know to be the cast members that you watch weren't the original people who auditioned. You know, they weren't right for it. So they re-auditioned and it was a quite a long process. Um so I think, like, yeah, when I got there, I was 15. It, was, it wasn't my first acting job, but it was my first big role. So I sort of don't think I really took in too much what sort of position I was in. It felt great. It felt great to be acting, you know, making some money. We had no idea how big the show was going to be. We hadn't set out for it to be big at all. You know, it was Jack Whitehall's first writing gig. Um, for a number of us actors, it was our debut on, on such a big show, on such a big channel. So I don't think we really actually grasped what we were involved in. Not until it came out. And, you know, when the episode started to come out, the love that it received, the records that it broke, you know, it very quickly became the most viewed BBC comedy in BBC history. In the first episode, it had over a million views, live people watching the show. Um, And by the third series, we were knocking out three million viewers an episode, you know, as it was coming out every Tuesday night. Um, So it it sort of grew on me a little bit more as as time went by, you know, the position I was in and how lucky I was and and, um, the scope of of what we were achieving. Um, But initially, yeah, when I first started, I just felt really grateful to be 
doing what I love and yeah. being on set, you know, yeah, I had to take into account I was also doing my exams. So I was tutoring three hours a day whilst on set filming. I was still an athlete at the time as well. So I was training yeah, around site filming. So uh, the first series was stressful for me, you know. Um, and then yeah. sort of by the time I was in the second series, um, I was done with school and I, you know, I didn't have to worry about that. Um, and I had sort of more time to, to rest. And then again, third series, I was considered to be this, um, you know, grown up actor because I had no education to do. And it was, you know, um, I had other stuff going on, which is why Remdog went emo. And it's a bit oh, of a, a I've never thought that. Oh, yeah, a bit random, but um, it, it Jack, worked out I mean, quite well. You know, going to the third series, as, as being a pivotal member of the cast, did you expect Bad Education to be as big as it eventually was? And do you miss it now that it's not on the air anymore? Because I know it, there was a movie out about it as well, and you featured in the yeah. movie. I mean, do you miss doing it now? I mean, you still keep in touch with the cast? Um, in sort of relation to the first part of your question about sort of you know, did we sort of understand the, the scope and you know appreciate that? Um, yeah, I think as, like I said, as as the episodes went by, as the series went by, and the love that we received from fans on a daily basis it changed everything. You know, we couldn't go down to the shops without being stopped for pictures and signing autographs on phone cases. That was a big trend in teenagers for a while was signing their phone cases. Um, yeah, it, it grew on us definitely. You know, we, we it changed our lives and opened us up to more acting work. And uh, you know, of course, uh, for Jack Whitehall, we saw how much doing that show impacted his acting career because he took off. You know, he he really did take yeah. off as an actor. Uh, you know, putting being a comedian to the side. Um, but yeah, I do I do miss um, specifically filming that show. We did have a good laugh. Um, what you guys don't see behind the scenes is, you know, in many ways, a hundred times funnier than what you see on camera. Yeah. Because we I are mean, just, we are yeah, just big kids messing that. around. And, We're and, big kids messing around in an adult world, you know. And Jack, did, you know, the older actors, when you were on the set, you know, and, and you were doing your shtick, did the older actors like Jack Whitehall, you know, give you a helping hand? All the younger actors like yourself, Charlie Wernham, did did they like give you some advice and, and, and give you that support, you know, whenever you were going in front of a camera? We did. We definitely had support. We definitely felt supported by the, uh, the sort of more grown up experienced actors, you know, cause I was, I was 15, you know, besides bad education, I'd done um, some Ricky Gervais comedy and we Warwick Davis, Helen Bonham Carter, Johnny Depp, we'd done some stuff. And then, um, you know, I, I was sitting there in front of Matthew Horn, who I'd literally watched as Gavin from Gavin and Stacey. Yeah. Such a such a legend, you know, in, in comedy acting, such an amazing actor. Um yeah, and yeah, we did have support and, and you know, we, we never felt that we couldn't engage with these people, yeah. you know. I think I you know age wasn't necessarily a factor because we were all just comedy actors, you know, and so that's became what was more important. And when you read your first ever script and you read the, the, you know, the expectations of Remdog, what was your vision for the character? What did you want to bring to the table and how proud of you, uh, how proud are you of Remdog's, you know, success throughout the whole series? 
Um, I, you know, I think it was very apparent from the sort of the first table reading of the show that Remdog was this sarcastic joker who was was potentially, you know, quite bitter about his situation in life. You know, I, I don't, I don't think it was ever mentioned or discussed what sort of disability he had because it wasn't necessary. But I feel like he would have been a different person if his disability was different. Yeah. You know, I've played act I've played characters in the past where I've had to play quite visibly more disabled than I am. And who that character is is not Remdog. You know what I mean? So it's it's very um specific to the, the sort of the situation that that character is in. I feel like he had enough of his own independence and his own life to be able to craft this cheeky, sarcastic side to him and get away with it. Um, so I knew that he had a lot of fun. I knew that he was very cheeky and that he could probably get away with anything. And he would use the wheelchair and use disability as his way out. You know, why are you late, wheelchair? You know, he'd blame it on that, you know. Um, but in terms of what it's done for people, no, it has done so much more than I believed. You know, I've had children in wheelchairs and children with disabilities come up to me and just, you know, thank me for, for you know for the representation because you know that's a huge thing. I'm now the, I'm now a dad to a daughter who's got the same disability as me, and I, you know, one thing that I've said in previous podcasts and interviews is. When I was growing up, when I was about six years old, I remember my inspiration being David Beckham because I supported Man United at the time he played for them. So I never once questioned, though, why my role model was someone I could never aspire to be. I can't play football. I'm never going to be a footballer. So why would I aspire to him? Other than the fact that he's a lovely athlete, you know, nice guy all round, yeah. you know, yeah. known name. I can't aspire to him, but that's because there was no representation. You know, when you're six years old, you don't care too much for Tanny Gray Thompson, the Paralympian, or Stephen Hawking, the scientist, because you're six, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I, I ended up becoming this role model for other children with disabilities who grew up going, I want to be an actor like Jack, because they've seen it happen. They know it's possible. So that that was huge, you know, and I hope my daughter, you know, eventually when she grows up, she wants to watch Bad Education, see her old man as a teenager, having a, you know, representing then, you know, absolutely. But it did a lot. It, it definitely did more than I expected. And you're also, you know, if I'm going personal here, you're also a role model to me, Jack, um, along with Charlie and, and Jack Whitehall. You are, you know very big inspirations for me to get into the arts, maybe not acting, but presenting. You know, you, you made me realise that. Anything is possible to get into the industry that you want to get into. So I, I thank you for that, Jack. I really do. Oh, thank for, for you. That's lovely. And being on the screen for me to, to, to watch you guys. Now, Remdog and Mitchell, I'd be remiss not to ask about that. That relationship was one of the highlights for me during Bad Education. How mm. fun was that for you two just getting up to the most funniest things? And were you like, I'm assuming you were the jokers on the set, you and, you and Charlie. How fun was that relationship to craft in the um, the production of Bad Education? Yeah, no, I mean, Charlie's a lovely, lovely person. I've always described Charlie as being this sort of born funny entertainer. You know, he came out into the world making people laugh. You know what I mean? And he, uh, there was never a second where he's off his game. You know, it doesn't matter if he was 
if he was in his trailer just having a bit of lunch, or if he was having a kickabout with Jack Whitehall, or we was actually on set with scripted lines. A lot of what you guys saw in the final version yeah. was not what the script was. We would end up having a bit of a bit of a laugh, a bit of banter, and coming up with something which was funnier, and then saying that, and Jack would be like, "Yeah, that's funny. I do that." And and that's you know what you saw. And of course, because it was a lot of improv as well, that made it funnier for us. Um, but yeah, the, the the relationship between um, between the two characters was a fairly well-written, scripted relationship. Me and Charlie, there were a few years between us, um, and Jack Whitehall very much took Charlie under his wing. I was, you know, a, a fair bit younger, so I didn't have the same sort of friendship that they had. You know, they were, they were you know, they went after football matches together because they both support Arsenal, and they could all go out drinking together. I was too young for all that. So there's, there's, there's sort of little bits within the friendship that I, you know, missed out on for, for the right reasons. And, um, but it didn't, it wasn't enough to sort of affect the on-screen relationship that we had. We are both the Jokers yeah. in real life. And I feel like, you know, without a doubt, we're, we're both the Jokers in the show. Now, you know, we look back at Remdog's iconic moments, you know, season three, when he became um, an emo, which I'll never forget. I want to kind of go into that in a minute, but, one of my most favorite highlights of Remdog was um, Strike, when you which you chained um, outside the school gates. Bro, tell yeah. me more about that. I mean, the, the whole process <laughs> behind the idea of, of that um, um, of that episode, and I mean your reaction to, to doing that. Um, I, yeah. it's quite an un- it's quite an un- underrated scene. That I don't it doesn't get spoken about that often. Um, I just love that scene. I, yeah, no, it's a great scene. It really is a great scene. Um, I remember reading that on the script and just thinking that's such a classic Jack White thing to do. And I remember reading it because, you know, we would read all our lines and table readings. And then, generally speaking, the producer, Ben Cavey, would read the ad-libs and he would read the directions. Um And I remember this coming up in the script where it was like, and you know, Remdog is you know chained to the fence and he's done a little wee wee and he's got you know the pringles tube under his wheelchair and crushed red bulls and um yeah like i remember hearing that i just, I just shot a look at jack whitehall and he was trying not to spit his water out because he was laughing because he knew that he'd stitch me up for it um but it was good fun to film it really was fun i genuinely genuinely was chained up to that fence that they were that wasn't a yeah. joke I, <laughs> I, I genuinely was tra- what that must have been like. What was the weather like that day? I, I, I mean, I, I can't remember. I have to watch it back, but no, it was it, it was bloody wet, mate. Is what it was. I was it was rainy. <laughs> mate, was I rain can't imagine how rain. bad that must have been. But um, yeah. you know, every actor sometimes has to go through a character change. Um, some actors can deal with it. Some actors can't. But of course, Remdog went through an emo phase. I mean, what was your immediate reaction to knowing that, you know, Remdog was going to go emo and how, how were you going to embody that on screen? When, when I first read it, I, I wasn't a fan. Um, just because, you know, it wasn't just Remdog's banter that was enjoyed it was Remdog's style it was his look it was who the hell wears a snapback and a pair of Dr. Dre beats to school Do you know like, you know he had this 
his attitude extended as far as like I'm not even going to wear your uniform. Like I'm going to have the square emblem stitched onto my own hoodie because it's because it's my. I'm not wearing your blazer. That's a joke. So that's he had that level of of attitude that he, it was. You know, his look was very much appreciated. I'm just going. His look went in the third series with the emo, and yeah. he sort of kept up. He still had the snapback, but it was a black one and. Just didn't, I can't, didn't rem- I can't remember. It just it was such a change. Wasn't. I mean, as a viewer, it's it's it's. I find it hard to see one of the characters that I look up to change. Mm. It's hard for me. As a the, 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 there's there's a reason that there's a very hidden reason which I can't go into too much detail for. I can give you the general outline of it, but there's a reason why having less speaking roles. Sorry, a sort of a less speaking role within that series meant that I was able to get my filming done a lot quicker than everybody else's because I was contracted to do another production elsewhere. You can't have two contracts run at the same time. Yeah. So the reason I went emo is because I had to film something else at the same time. Right. So I was only on set for that third series for maybe three weeks, whereas the rest of the guys were on there for sort of six to eight weeks. Um. So it was a much quicker experience for me, but it was a heavy three weeks because they got everything for me in that series done in that such a short space of time rather than being stretched out. Um, and what would you say, Jack, is your favourite memory from Bad Education? I, I will never forget when Mrs Pickwell turned into a chicken. That was my, you know, all-time favourite. But <laughs> but what about you, Jack, you know, as Remdog? I mean, it, it doesn't have to be a scene that you were involved in, but I mean, what what was your all time favorite highlight from Bad Education? I don't think I could choose down. I don't think I could pick one. If I'm honest with you. I feel like there's uh, there's a few. Uh, there's so there, in in the final series when we're all having that emotional goodbye to Jack Whitehall in the classroom, we all leave one by one. We were, it came down to Remdog leaving him. It was very, very sullen in the room. Jack Whitehall looked sad. Remdog looked sad. You know, and like just off camera, you've got the entire cast watching through the camera to make sure that it's funny. And as I was pushing through the classroom, it wasn't a lot of room. I ended up pushing straight into a table. And it was the funniest thing. And everybody who was like genuinely upset because we were actually finishing the series and we knew that there wasn't going to be a fourth before you guys did, of course. Um, I don't know if we knew about the movie at this point or if it was actually confirmed. But yeah, it was. we just burst into tears of laughter because it was the funniest interruption to the scene. It shouldn't have happened. So I always remember that. There's a scene that never made into the first series. They cut it right because it made the show a bit too long for uh, what we were allowed but the idea was Remdog was suicidal and he was going to jump off of a short roof uh, and Jack White was going to catch Remdog in front of Miss Gulliver and she would be like oh my god he saved his life I love him before I love him that was what Jack Whitehall's character had in his head and the way we filmed that was they put me on a table and they put the camera on the floor and shot upwards so it looked like I was in the air and I did all my bit. I can't remember my lines now exactly. Something about like, you know, oh, I can't take it anymore. I'm going to jump, you know. And then they got a stuntman in. And to take the piss, he was a dwarf, right? He was one of the dwarfs from Jackass. And they put him in my wheelchair, actually on the roof, and had on action made him front flip off oh. into a skip. And he landed in a skip filled with rubbish. And then I got in the skip and then put my head up like it was me. And... um 
Jack Whitehall, you know, got distracted completely by Mitchell, I think, and just did not grab Remdog and he fell straight off the roof. Um, yeah, so that was quite a big filming scene. That took about six hours and they didn't even put it in the show in the end. Um, so I always remember that. Preet with the Weapons Amnesty episode. Oh, where he's... my God. Yes. I don't think I've oh. ever laughed until my stomach hurt more than that day. I remember exactly day. where I was at that time as well. I remember exactly where really? I was. Yeah, I remember exactly where I was <laughs> watching that. But, um, you know, Jack, going in quickly, I mean, you've transitioned into TikTok now. I know you're still doing, um, you're still doing your acting because you're starring in 101 Dalmatian Street. I know you're doing mm-hmm. voice acting for that, which um, I definitely will check out. But what made you transition to TikTok, Jack? I mean, we know it's it's such a popular app and you've seen loads of celebrities on there, but what attracted you to it? I don't even know about it. It's been it's back in 2018. I had my, my manager just sort of send me the link to it and said, right, get on it. You know, it's, it's in, it's new, it's big, it's the new vibe, get on it. I did. And yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just, at the time, I, uh, my daughter's mum was pregnant with, with my daughter. Um, and I was working actually uh, a full-time job in a in the fuel industry. Um, so I wasn't acting. I was doing 101 Dimensions around the same time, but I was um, working in the fuel industry too on the side. And um, I had a lot of free time to be able to film these videos. And back then, TikTok was very much an extension of Vine. The trends were recycled trends from Vine. And there wasn't many people in the UK who had had time on the app to sort of become popular. I got to something like 20,000 followers in about six weeks. And I thought, this is easy, you know. Yeah. Um, and then just sort of circumstantial, really. My daughter being born, me doing other acting bits. I just stopped using the app, really. I just watched videos. I didn't make any. So a few times in the last two years, or three years even, I've, I've made videos stop making videos for six months come back on it the last six months i've focused quite heavily on it and a lot of it's me simply replying to people's questions about bad education because they're so interested and there's a whole new generation of fans that i never knew existed um so i've gained something like sixty thousand followers in the last sort of like three months uh just from replying to people's questions so, so it's a bit crazy but i do love the app i do love the uh what, what you're capable of and the creativity behind it absolutely and finally jack um looking into the future what have you got planned what what's next for you are we you know give a little hint that alfie mitchell remdog can reunite hopefully not giving any spoilers um, we've no we we've answered these questions on tiktok myself and um ethan lawrence who plays joe i know that Layton williams who played steven's also on tiktok he's got a great account I don't think the others are on it on TikTok. I've not seen them on there. But we me and me and Ethan have both honestly answered the question. We have no clue if there will ever be a reunion episode or, or whatnot. We know right now there is nothing in play. We've all gone off and done other shows. We've all gone off and had a couple of us have had children, Nikki Runnacles. Had a, had a child i've got a daughter um you know like we've all grown up it's been nine years since the first series so it's such a vast amount of time even the movie itself you know i was what 18 so that's six years ago now since we did that movie um 
So I'm not going to say never. I'm not going to say no. There's the possibility for it in the future, of course. But right now, there's um, there's there's nothing on the cards that we we have been let into. Um, well, a, a little duet that you, a little duet that you may be interested in is uh, me and Ethan Lawrence plan on meeting up and doing some TikToks together. Please do. I'll some... be I'll be catching that out. And um, quickly, <laughs> back, I mean, for the viewers that want to see that, where can we find your uh, TikTok? Yes, yeah, so my TikTok is at Jack on Wheels with a Z. Um, come over, follow, engage, comment, like, share. Let's get on it. And um, well, I've got some. I'll be filming some new videos for you guys soon. Can't wait, Jack. It's been an honour uh, to have you on the show. And for the viewers that want to check this interview out with Jack, all you have to do is go on Apple and Spotify, and you can listen to it. Please do. This guy's awesome, Jack. It's been a pleasure having you on the show and talking to you, man. Thank you very much for having me, mate. Thank you. Have a good one, mate. Cheers. We'll be right back.